0: Episode 131, talk about that, Johnny. Too many. Too many. We are back in our right roles of me opening up the show and you making fun of me. So feels right. It does. Everything feels so right. I do love making fun of things. You know, it's cold
1: today. We tried to eat outside. Yeah. Do the right thing. Yeah. Whatever the right thing. I don't know what that even means anymore. Yeah. We tried to be the patio people. Yeah. It's a little chilly. It is. So I said to you, hey. It's chilly. And you go, we can go inside. I go, we can, we could have gone inside this whole time. <laughs> you did. I didn't know you'd cross the threshold to an inside restaurant. guy. Uh, when did that happen?
0: Uh, last couple of weeks.
1: Even though I told you, you've really been an inside restaurant guy for a long time <laughs> because, because I you. have been. <laughs> right. So you've been going inside restaurants for a while. You just didn't know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I have only the last few weeks, but the numbers have, have significantly decreased. The County mask mandate is about to expire okay. here. So, you know, you just, it, we're all, I'm having a lot of interesting conversations with people. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's a continuum, Johnny. Like, I've read the CDC guidelines as per, as a person who's trying to help have groups of people meet you know, yeah, outside of yeah. the tent. Like, it says it's safer outside, yeah. but it doesn't really give you any like new litigious ways to enforce that. It still says, but if you're within six feet, still wear a mask and, and have six feet.
1: They're wanting people to be very careful.
0: And you're like, well, so you're telling me if I'm inside within six feet, I need to wear a mask and maintain six feet or I'm outside and do the same, but you also said outside is safer. Yeah. That means we have to acknowledge it's a, it's a number line here Mm -hmm. of we're all doing our personal calculus of risk, Johnny. So yeah. That being said, Listen,
1: as the, and the, to quote Leslie Nielsen from Naked Gun, "You take a risk getting out of bed in the morning, walking across the street, or sticking your face into a fan." <laughs> you know, life's about <laughs> risk sometimes.
0: So we did decide, like, hey, you know, depending on the restaurant, <clears throat> yeah. And it, there was nobody around us today. For there wasn't. You
1: know, so. Well, the waiter. The waiter did looked,
0: not wear a mask. Yeah, that was a little bit. I was really surprised. Yeah. So, again, there's... We some... won't name
1: the restaurant, though. We're not going to name and shame. No. We don't do that here on Talk About That.
0: I will just say that it may not be a name that both of us already share.
1: We, <laughs> we don't name, We only name and shame each other. But nobody other knows our show. real names. So it's true. It's true. It's true. Like These that? stage
0: names we have. If I was going to have a stage name like you do, what would it be? <sighs> Johnny D. I guess it sounds like a country Johnny radio, v. you know... Uh,
1: Tim. When I traveled with Tim Hawkins, he had a buddy... Uh, who was on the bus with him one time, who's just a friend of his from real life, not a comedian, which is really interesting when you see somebody's like who's a comedian. And this guy could make Tim laugh like more than anybody in the world. And he wasn't a comedian. He was just like a, a fun guy. He's a very sincere guy. Yeah. And he would make Tim just bowl over belly laugh. And it was just funny to watch. But anyway, that guy thought that I he called me Johnny V. So after we did the run, he was like, man, that Johnny V guy was so nice. So Tim called me Johnny V for the rest of time. (laughs) He probably would still say Johnny V. I
0: love it. That sounds like something Travis Weyer could do. He would always, you know, again, I'll never forget clown board. I know we talked about it before. Oh, yeah. But there's. You got to
1: enunciate when you're in the vocal booth, vocalists.
0: I love that line, but what is a clown board? And then you made him a clown board. I did. And it still hangs in his office. He, he has still has it.
1: I think I sent him that episode and I think he watched it. Really? Yeah. He, um, he kind of follows my career. And this is our producer that did our last worship. Record. He's won Dove awards and stuff. He's very, uh, not fine. I wouldn't say famous cause he's Christian famous. Uh, he's a very accomplished to record producer, but he, uh, he follows my comedy career peripherally. Every now and again, he'll be like, so what are you? He goes, man, I saw your new, whatever. But uh, he asked me the other day because I posted that I was going to be on Huckabee, and he was really into that because he's very, he's very, he's, you know, Huckabee's like GOP TV, so he was like, he's all about that. I think he decided that was like the moment that I was became a real comedian in his eyes, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. So he's tell like, me, man, I'm so proud of you. I was like, all right,
0: man. So <laughs> tell me your thoughts, Tony, about the GOP. Exactly. While we're here, <laughs> let's just blow this up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a blown, it, everything is blowing up around us. Like,
1: I don't like either party. It's, uh. But it's hard, I was telling you, it's getting so, it's hard to be a, like when you say you're a moderate, it's like so, because I realize you get pulled one way or the other without me, because the extremes is where we live. Right. Because somebody's like, oh, you just want to sit in the middle, you're, you're excused of being wishy-washy. It's like, no, I just believe, like, can we just be decent? Even on the mask thing, like, hey, if you don't want to wear a mask, hey man, that's your decision, but man, there's a mask mandate, just follow the rules, just. We're trying right. to get through this, but if you want to be like the guy that just wants to just destroy somebody because they feel a little bit safer than you do, right. like I'm just in the middle. I'm like, look, yes, the pandemic is real; it's not a hoax, and cases are going down. Can we at least like take baby steps towards normal life again? But even that feels like an extreme position to some people. Yeah, so it's weird. It's no fun. It's no fun being in the middle.
0: No, it's not. And I'm telling you from a leadership perspective, perspective is like, what is? I've had a lot of what I call. Uh, serenity prayer moments. In fact, yeah. all the staff calls, be like, hey guys, I call serenity prayer on that one. That just means... You can't just
1: say serenity now, like the so- old Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> serenity now, insanity later.
0: <laughs> so but it's, it's like a, it's like a, I just go, some of it's my region, my recovery program. Like, what
1: you're saying though is, I can't
0: I can't control, control this,
1: so I'm going to let that... Yeah,
0: I'm end. not going to control that. Like this, this person's political, yeah. you know, rage... Is beyond my jurisdiction. I would love to affect all the things in the world, but um, someone told me yesterday uh, that when it comes to staff things, they're like it seems like no matter what happens, even if you had nothing to do with it, you feel directly like all of it falls on your shoulders. You know, and that's something I got to work on. You know, I'm really I'm really trying to. Well, even
1: that's a form of pride because it's like you're saying, like I have that much sway in the world.
0: A lot of it, though, well, it's from an organizational standpoint, and a lot of it is, well, I mean, I am the executive pastor, so, like, I I feel... Oh, it sounds very... Let me say it's a big deal, guys. (laughs) But but if something goes wrong, even if another staff member or even if we all just planned something and and there was was a blind spot that we didn't see, you know, I do feel like the leaders have Mm -hmm. to you know own that a little more so that i don't like owning it out of condemnation but sometimes i do
1: responsibility there's responsibility on <laughs> leaders that's biblical
0: yeah i mean it's, you're it's held not to a...
1: a higher account <clears throat> yeah you have people's lives in your hands wow and souls wow <sighs> yeah. souls hang in the balance john <laughs> and you're farting around on a podcast <laughs> This is, Why are you exac- not out working? this is exactly working exactly what 's wrong with this country,
0: yeah it is I call for any prayer on that
1: you 're out also. in a tent somewhere you know i had a, i was in a tent sunday too
0: oh yeah that's i was right. under, I was under the in big top. Kearney, nebraska mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I was under the big top we had a they had a bunch of folks it was their fortieth anniversary mm. of it being a church It's yeah. already an interesting church like i I did this church two thousand and twelve was my first event with them valentine 's thing i 've done this is my fifth event with them, wow. In the last eight years, and they are super cool. It's like it's almost like there's some churches that become like your second home almost. You have that kind of relationship with them, and I know we are that for a few people. Like our friend Carlo Carlo Serrano always says, like we're his second church, you know. And uh, this is that for me, but they're very interesting people. They, um, they, they, they meet in an igloo. They have a big, gigantic igloo yeah. building. So it's very odd. It's like a landmark mm-hmm. in Car- – I mean, where wouldn't it be a landmark, honestly? Right. But it's this – Well,
0: Alaska. Well, maybe. North North I don't North know. North Pole, maybe. I don't
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a heck of a commute for this gig. <laughs> Bring your mittens. But, yeah, it's odd. And, and uh, so they get talked about a lot. Like, oh, it's the igloo church, isn't it? But they're super sweet people. But so I was in. The, I was out – I was not in the igloo. I was at where they had the tent. And I was like – so that was one of the first things I said. I said, I so you guys meet in an igloo, you put up a big tent. I'm starting to think you guys just want attention. This is <laughs> a bit much.
0: Did they build the igloo on purpose? No, or... they bought the, they acquired okay. the
1: igloo. Okay. I can't remember what it, it might've been in church originally. The old joke was, cause they're Pentecostal, the old joke was that like, it was like an old time word of faith Pentecost church okay. back in the day. yeah. And the old joke was that they had their church in an igloo because the demons can't hide in the corner. Wow. So it was a totally. <laughs> I'm sure that was just a joke, but oh,
0: I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. you remember that time we played in the church? It was a, a old Unitarian church that a Baptist church had taken over, and they had no right angles in the whole building. Remember that? Oh, Off right. Of Kingston Pike is, that, is that a thing? Yeah, apparently the Unitarian. Bearden, like, uh, Bearden maybe. Where was that? Uh, it was the big Baptist church is right past campus on yeah. Kingston uh-huh.
1: Pike. And I, can't, I remember this. I can't. Remember. There was a tunnel that goes from one area to the other. They have like another under, fellowship hall, and you go under the street to yeah. get to it. Because they have a lot of different cavernous. Buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But I remember just uh, being in that building, and the youth had taken it over or something, and it was like uh, not like they had taken it over like a hostile. Yeah. The youth, you know, there were guns. The youth had taken it over, but no, they <laughs> they had acquired the building. Right. And yeah. No right angles. Apparently, it's like Unitarian That's architecture. The thing.
1: Huh? Well, I mean, they would have loved my first house because uh, it was built in 1930, and by the time I got a hold of it, it no all the doors had house. all the doors were like, like yeah. slump, and the yeah, it was real yeah. bad.
0: Need to have your house. Yeah. I remember that gig
1: though, because that gig was. Do you remember the gig?
0: Man, that was
1: for all I got. It was for veterinarians.
0: Oh my gosh, yes.
1: And I made this really dumb joke about how like when I told we were doing this show for vets, I got so excited cuz my daddy served in Korea and I did this and you like were looking at me like Johnny no and it was like a whole <laughs> They didn't laugh at all, did they? No, they didn't. <laughs> I see why now, but it was just a oh,
0: I couldn't wait right. to do it. Christian veterinarians.
1: They were. It's a Christian vet. Dude, this? That's I think that's one of the stranger gigs we've done as a band. I've wow. done. Those, you can do those kind of gigs as a comedian because it's very it's very niche oriented. Yeah. Where it's like you're coming in, you're going to do the optometry society or whatever. Yeah. Tim Hawkins told me that story one time. He had to do a thing. It was five hundred optometrists all over the nation. They do a convention, so he had to write like an optometry joke. And the joke he wrote was it's one of my favorite jokes he's ever written because it's so different than any other thing in his material. It was uh, today when I woke up, I put my glasses on over my contacts, and when I looked in the mirror. I could see my grandfather when he was a baby. (laughs) The joke is so strange. It makes no sense, really, but it's still funny. That's good. I like that when somebody writes a joke that is kind of almost out of character for them, and it makes you laugh so hard because you think, like, how did they come up with that? It's such a different process than their normal joke writing. Like, he had another one that he never told on stage, but he told me, and it was so funny, and it was, uh, live your life so that at your funeral, your tombstone will read, I'm standing right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, your joke like that for me is uh, the cup of tea joke.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have some. Yeah, it's very dark. Yeah, it's not too far off. I hate when somebody uses the phrase, that's not really my cup of tea, because I realize I've just poisoned the wrong
0: person. Yeah, completely not where I would expect the joke to go. I love it every time.
1: Yeah, it's really dark.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's
1: good. Yeah, I told that one Sunday. Oddly enough, yeah, yeah, at a church service. That Boy, was.
0: Oh come on, but they've had you anyway. Five let's times. have communion.
1: They... But it went well, uh, <laughs> and they're sweet people. But I tell you, you know, Nebraska has really low. You talk about we have lower counts. Nebraska is like it's really low there. Yeah. So there was there was a low uh, regard for the virus. Let's yeah. just say that. So I was kind of like, we had our masks in our pockets, and then we were like walking over. Like, do we put our masks on? How's it mm-hmm. going to be? we didn't see a lot so we were like well if we put these on we're going to look like we have a third head yeah. and I'm getting ready to get on stage so we just kind of tried to distance as much as we could and just be cool with everybody but it is what it is I don't know they get like I think they get like a hundred cases a day there in the whole state Yeah. whereas we're getting like whatever 1200 1500 cases. Yeah. So
0: I'm, I'm a little worried about a spike. It is spiking in Europe real bad again. Well, Halloween,
1: yeah. right? Halloween's coming. That's going to be the thing. Well, if we're not down enough by Halloween and then everybody goes out trick-or-treating, is that going to be they're going to blame?
0: Well, you know, they have, they have these
1: candy conglomerates.
0: I tell you, they'll do anything oh, to make a buck. Else. Uh no, you know, they can't. They've come out the CDC and you know, suggested like no f- no festivals,
1: no trick-or-treating. What does kind. CDC John Center for Disease control. Diseased candy? Oh, oh yeah, I got on. to. Yeah.
0: It's this guy. This guy with his <laughs> – His acronyms and his funny <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's the thing, too, that feeds into the people who are conspiracy people is when the CDC comes out and is like, we have amended our – and I get the science is moving target. Yeah, But it's the whole thing of like, like well, you say with the droplets, six feet. Then they said that could be as much as 24 feet. Then they don't want to go back. It's like if you tell me I got to be twenty-four. We were in airports because we went. To, we flew yeah. to Omaha, and the thing you realize in an airport pretty quickly now that people are flying again yeah. is there is not six square feet for every person in that airport. Mm-mm. It's not possible.
0: No, and I think that, that that's where we've the conclusion I've come to this week is is okay. What am I responsible for as as leaders? I am responsible one. I think to strongly suggest safety measures. Right. And, I think number two, we as a staff, and we're going to do a better job, are responsible to model that. So, we'll, we've we been wearing masks at our Sunday night services the whole time, you know. Yeah. We're going to do that. Our kids' department already did, you know, they're inside. Um, we're going to do that just to keep people, you know, extra safe and, and it's a reminder. And then three, though, anybody who, and, and I don't mean like they just feel, I mean, we know people who really are at much greater risk because sure. of lung issues. We need to make sure that they have the opportunity in whatever capacity to not be in danger if they're here and to have right. all of
1: the – They need to feel
0: safe. They need to have it where they can be safe. Yeah. And and so I'm not giving away because it's not a final done deal. But we're adding, I think, a few components that will allow people to kind of choose their level of enforcement. We're going to enforce at a certain level staff-wise.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, And then on the continuum, if you need to go all the way to 10, then this is how you can do it everyone's going to be at five because we're putting this, because just being outside puts us at five is, 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 is as far as I'm concerned. So if you, but you know, if you're like seven, mm-hmm. so, you know, Johnny, these are not, these are numbers I'm making up, you yeah, know, no, that. I don't So know like, this what is not,
1: means. I think you should have to wear on your mask. What level, like you should have be tested at like an emissions testing, like we do for our vehicles, <laughs> but it should be how far you project your droplets. Wow. Like they make you laugh as hard as you can laugh yeah. or scream, you know, and then they go, "Oof, you're like twelve and a half feet." <laughs> and scary. so you have that number on your mask. Yeah. And now people know, like, "Oh, we got a they, spitter." That's yeah. how you, yeah, we got a spitter. That's how they know how far to social distance. Yeah. You might have somebody that's really like monotone. They're just like, "I don't really know." Just, uh, that guy, you can get right up on him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to you, can get, you can close. Talk him.
0: Yeah, I like that. This seems like it's a much easier system you're coming it's, up with and what we have. We're gonna put
1: together these testing say I need a grant of an endowment of one billion dollars. And we'll get this on the road.
0: Guys right now we're looking for that one billion dollar champion. We need
1: this is a good time to bring up our Patreon.
0: <laughs> um, we've
1: got ideas and we want to institute them. With or without your help.
0: I will say this we are not lacking on ideas. So no.
1: yeah. No.
0: Yeah I got I got rejected on a secondary side project pitch yesterday by the fifth publisher. <laughs>
1: So a secondary pitch by a fifth publisher. To a
0: fifth publisher.
1: Is that like a cousin once removed or I mean, something? Well, it means interesting... I mean,
0: ha- I have a book right. with Reggie, as I'm, and it's like co-author. We're both writing, because yeah. it's about uh, a black man and a white man's perspective yeah. on race and the church and history and all those things, and about communication in particular, you know, the things that keep us from being able to hear each other. We have another book. That I'd written a proposal for before, back when we really were right in the beginning of yeah. quarantine. And it's kind of a funny book, but it's about using Proverbs in a to, to really look at what – it's called judgment, parentheses, the good kind. And so I kind of like A Day in right. the Life of the Quarantine. And it's probably a little dated you know now. But um, it was some similar things, but – a little more, a little lighter, you know, and a little more like, hey, you mm-hmm. know, hey, if 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 you're afraid of being called foolish, according to proverbs, then you're foolish, like you know, like, but making that a funny kind of, okay, how, how can I get that where it doesn't offend yeah. you, or you realize how silly it is that you're offended by proverbs, you know? So, anyway, the idea was, well, we had some good. You know, returns on this other, we had You know, multiple publishers. It's interested. just
1: like, it's just like these politicians when they get like a bill passed, pork, but yeah. then they slide in I their slide little in. like extra, <laughs> you got pork in your bill.
0: So yeah, my agent was like, I was like, what if we pitch this as a, you know, and so he followed up with people and they all said no, Johnny. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why.
1: Because they're using judgment. Look like, at good, the good
0: <laughs> <laughs> This is interesting They're And, and, and so you'll appreciate this. It, it, they love the writing. They like the content. Everybody. Right. I just don't have a very big platform. Yeah. For that level of publishing, you know, what I'm saying from myself solo. Yeah. As a co-author, well, Reggie's got you know hundreds yeah. of thousands of followers. and there's that in, it's that interesting. I probably wouldn't normally talk about that. Yeah. But it is an interesting like. Just said I don't lack in ideas, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean all of them are going to you know to right. come to fruition in some form. And and. And this is the life that you and I probably have a little different, but we do talk about it a lot. There have been times I've pursued building a platform as good stewardship. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Because I agree with the publisher. Like, yeah. For me, I was like, yeah, this would be a long shot, you know, kind of thing. For, yeah, if for somebody's what,
1: putting, throwing in their lot with you. They want to see a return on their investment, and they're, they're, they're establishing a calculation of the risk of working with you. Absolutely. And that's fair to do. It's that's capitalism. If
0: they were gonna put a, a number on their risk on a scale of one to ten on their mask, yeah. Then it would be <laughs> high risk. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is the, the the idea was is that we're we're writing what we think could be a pretty significant book and this could be an, an a follow up mm-hmm. that may increase the platform of that. But it's funny though, when I first began writing, that was always the thing then. Yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, that was the thing, you know, well, this is, we like this, but no one knows who you are, you know, and I, I was so offended back then. Now I'm like, I really agree with that. Like anytime I get to write, I'm kind of surprised to be yeah. honest. And I'm also somewhat at peace with the fact that I cannot manufacture the platform they're talking about. I could go try and lots of people do. And for some of them, that's right. I'm telling you, I can't write four books a year, pastor a church and spend that much time doing that without losing my mind. Right. Like or losing something significant. Now, as I've become healthier, it might be easier now because I don't have the value. Well, it just
1: happens, too. You, you can't control it. Like, I think about Rick Warren, you know, I think of him as different than most of the people who, like, are mega church big deals. I yeah. think he's just a guy who was pastoring a church and what his ideas blew up, and now he's just, like, managing that. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I just don't see him as some, like, slick, manufactured yeah. persona, I think he's like just—he had a really good idea, yeah. You know, the purpose-driven life, and it's just like—and then he had to—he had to hire a team to manage the thing,
0: yeah. Whatever. That's kind of where—that's what's going to happen to you, John. That's exactly what's going to happen. Forty-one
1: days of purpose. I'm
0: like the Rick Warren you've never heard of. It's
1: Like, remember the (laughs) (laughs) something about Mary eight-second abs? He goes, "What about seven seconds? (laughs) Seven-second abs? It's one second better. That's great. It's a better idea."
0: I do. I do. I've kind of though come to the place where, and this is a funny thing for me is I always feel like it's, as we said previously, it's all up to me. That's one of the things I recover from. It is pride. It is worry. It is me trying to control with either my worry or my work. Yeah. Coming to a place where this is a big statement I have to say all the time now that really helps remind me. And it challenges me is the life that I have is the life that God has given me. And I, I don't know if I believe that a lot mm-hmm. of the time.
1: And well, I mean, it kind of goes against what we're told, which is like, you're the sum of your choices and mm-hmm. it's up to you to go make something of yourself, Yeah, etc.
0: That line between those two things tortures yeah. me all the time. God, what did you expect me to do? I, yeah. I never, so if I put it all on God, you know, like, where's the line? There is a stewardship. If right. you put it
1: all on God, then you could get lazy. But if you put it all on yourself, it's like, you think you're a self-made man and you yeah. did it all. Yeah. You take credit for everything.
0: And so like social media, building a following, and it may happen, I'm not opposed to it, but, but I've gone down that road some, you know, yeah. before. And I don't like the person that i become, because you were talking about last week about the scoring system. Yeah. Like I really am going after not relationships with people. I'm going after influence. Yeah.
1: Just give me your like and move on.
0: Yeah. Or give me your follow so that I can feel yeah. convinced as publisher that I'm worth publishing. Right. I would rather have something worthwhile to write about. And be rejected at this point in life, and let God deal yeah. with, with with the platform. Because to your point about Rick Warren, if God wants me to have that, it's not like He's like that. Well, I, I really wanted to, John. I know why God's from Kentucky. That's great. I really wanted to, but you know, you just didn't do enough. <laughs> you definitely do. I'll, I'll
1: fix your transmission. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Well, there is a quote that I read a long time ago when I was getting into comedy. Uh, that somebody tweeted, and it was really I think about it all the time. It was. Uh, better to write for yourself and have no public than to write for the public and have no sense of self.
0: Nice.
1: Like there's something about – in other words – and I don't think – I think obviously we can get too into self. You need to have a sense of your public as well and write to serve people. But that's not what that's talking about. That's talking about only writing for this idea of like gathering a crowd around you. Yeah and yet you lose a piece of yourself and the example i would use with comedy is i know tons of comics who have an hour that kills that they hate they're yeah. really tired of it but they got to eat yeah and so whenever i try to do something on stage uh there's a there's a here's an example i won't get too into it cuz then people are going to be like you got to release this there's a song that i wrote it's a parody song and i really kind of got away from writing parody songs right but somebody came to me with this idea like this kernel of an idea and I was like, oh, it's too good. So I wrote it. I mean, I wrote it really quickly. And then we I paid a producer to record a version of it a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And now it's just sad because I don't want to release it, even though it's good because I'm afraid that it will go viral and then I'll be known as the parody guy. And I don't love it enough. Mm. Like, I don't love it enough to be known for that. So I'm not willing to even let it out of the cage. And it's not just fear of like, failure slash success it's like it doesn't it doesn't jive with the rest of my comedy and i'm afraid it'll be the thing that i have to do every night now
0: right it's going it to rede- it's going to redefine your brand or whatever to what and i know that did. almost sounds
1: arrogant to even say oh okay i'm afraid i'll get too big but it is a it is a thing i mean i know comics who have a signature bit that they have to do every night and they're so tired of it and i really still like my show
0: yeah
1: uh and it's I'm glad. I mean, there's things I do that I'm more tired of than others. And I just do, okay, this gets me from A to B. Everybody has those. But I don't have anything that I do that I'm like, here we go with this phony nonsense again that doesn't yeah. fit me. Like, my act looks like me. And I really am proud of that. Oh, absolutely. So, and that's the way you should feel about your writing. I mean, you gotta you write for yourself. And you, write for the, you write for what you think people need to hear from you and what you've been given to say. But you don't write out of a, here's what they'll want to hear.
0: Yeah, no, and that, so again, one of the things I am in recovery for, as you know, as my mentor, Mm. is the approval of people, Yeah, which sounds real weird to me, because I don't feel that I have that, but it's become apparent. It's become apparent that it's about certain people, and that actually had to do with, um, or certain even kinds of people, so I don't really... You know, like if somebody sends us an email saying that they you know don't like our podcast and I don't know them, it's we like, get a lot of it's us. like hey well okay sorry no, we man don't. you know, like I don't I don't lose sleep over that um, and even some people I know I don't lose sleep over if they don't like the sermon or they don't yeah. whatever but I'll lose sleep over there are some people I think close to me or in my history in ministry mm-hmm. that, I, that I I feel like and it's all comparison I feel like like I, I need them to think that I'm. Um, on par with where I was supposed to be by this point or that I haven't wasted years or energy or opportunity or that I'm not a bad stewardship of, as a leader or or a bad steward as a leader or whatever. Yeah. Or if
1: you think somebody's out there like feeling bad for you, that's, that gets me. Oh, Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, well, like like I'm at that weird place where because that's
1: true pride when you're just like I don't want your pity.
0: Yeah. I'm doing just fine. <laughs> oh, I got all, I got all of it. Like it went, from a church perspective, yeah. we're not big, mm-hmm. and it's it's been an interesting last five years. We're way healthier, but it is a again. Todd Wagner in our Come and See book, his Come and See book that I helped write. Sorry, you know he said he uses this illustration of. When you help a church begin to really change to Mm -hmm. a a healthier, fully devoted gospel where community is not a buzzword, but something that's really happening and how your life is transformed, it's the equivalent. He says, people always say it takes a long time, you know, they say, well, you can't turn an aircraft carrier, you know, you know, so he went in the book, asked a guy from his church who was like a Navy pilot or, or he was a, actually, I think it was a, A navy officer who actually had turned aircraft carriers. Like, okay, tell me. And it's kind of a funny part of the book. It's like, well, what's the wind speed and what are the conditions? He's like, I I don't care. Tell me like max. (laughs) Tell me is this metaphor true? Yeah. (laughs) And the guy said, well, the max uh, in bad conditions it might take twelve minutes. In good conditions, it'll take less than five. In Hmm. normal conditions. Yeah. And so we use that like, hey guys, things can change faster than you think, you know. And so since then, I've told Todd, I was like, hey. I want to go back and readjust the the battleship or the aircraft carrier metaphor for yeah. where, what I believe it to be. Like what we should have said is uh, – because for what it feels like to me is imagine I'm trying to turn an aircraft carrier. That's not really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to take a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to convert it into an aircraft carrier right. at sea, and I'm trying to take all of the passengers who got on – yeah thinking they're going on a cruise and turn right. them into soldiers while we're at sea under fire by the enemy yeah i'm trying to literally convert this at sea you it's know. like
1: that scene in every a team when they're holed up in the warehouse yep. and the bad guys are coming yes and they have to they, take the, like the, the all welder. the parts and they have to make something just, to look, fight them. We just happen to have a welder yeah, right here right. Yeah. look at this
0: <laughs> there's an old tire yeah like and it's it's not as easy. And again, it may just be because I'm not good at it. But to the point of all that is, I'm somewhat at peace. Yeah. A lot of the time, <laughs> with like, okay, Jesus has always brought everything to my life. Everything, guys. I'm being kind of personal here, but Johnny knows all this. Every important thing that's ever happened to me called me on the phone. Mm-hmm. I didn't go after it. Yeah. Every single one of them was just when I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, something better than now. I've sought. Thousands of things that I cannot make happen. Yeah. But but I've always c- tried to commit my life to the Lord. And that doesn't mean I did it right. I'm just saying that I at least had that, you know, like, Jesus, please direct my path. Yeah. And my wife, you know, when we met, I thought she was, like, totally out of my league. And she was. We she had a mutual friend. We met. That was that. She didn't think about me for, like, two weeks. She From the other side of the state, she wakes up one morning and can't stop thinking about me. It's crazy. And she literally lies, Johnny. She lies. It wouldn't have cell phones; uh, they weren't as abundant back then. Yeah. But she went and found my email address and oh, sent me an email and said, no. "Hey, I'm just reaching out to everybody from the fall retreat and just seeing... it was I was the only one, Johnny. Because
1: <sighs> I didn't get that email. No, you didn't. Was I was at that, that retreat. And you were
0: there. And I was like, wow, this hottie just reached out to me. And so, of course, immediately I'm I'm on board for this. But that's the thing: the the woman of my dreams just called me on the phone because I very convinced that Jesus just decided that he was going to drop me onto her heart because uh,
1: Laura's really aggressive. <laughs> and I mean I think we should open ourselves up to that.
0: It's possible, but I don't No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, honey. I mean and again, this job. Yeah. This job. We met Andrew while we were out doing shows. Yeah. You know, and he was the media guy. He wasn't even a pastor. And and we real, didn't
1: do a lot of shows. John. No. no, we did. We did, we some did quite a bit. Show. But
0: I, mean. I remember like he just called me one day out of the blue and said, I don't even know why I'm calling you. I just feel like I'm supposed to. I did not have a job for you. I don't have whatever, you know. And, and little did I know that that would be where I would spend the next 17 years of my life eventually, you know. And then, I mean, I think about you. You just, we well, were at church one day. You walk up. I mean, like, so the point of all that is, is if God wants me to have a platform. I mean, I'm going to work and be a good steward. Please, guys, follow me on Twitter. That'd be great. But you know, I can't. I can't sit around worrying about that as if and and, and not make content. If making content, I've yeah. written. I've written like. I'm, I'm saying this very, like humbly. Yeah. I get to work so much that I'm on my seventh book in 24 months right now, and I don't even. I can't even believe that. That's like as much as I did in the first seven years of writing. And yeah. so you just go look. Stay the course and let God deal with that. And if somebody if somebody just thinks I'm not successful or whatever, then that's on me at some point. Like, who cares? Like I'm you not. Want, I'm really not successful. You don't want to build
1: your platform on the sand.
0: <laughs> mm, mm,
1: mm, you mm. need to build it on the rock.
0: <laughs> However small it your, may
1: be. There's your book. It may be a little house. A uh, tiny no, house. If you build a platform on the... That's a pier. And we know what <laughs> happens to those when a storm comes, John. It disappears. Am I right? Wow, don't disappear. The these chapters are gonna write themselves. <laughs>
0: Chapter seven. That's good, Johnny. I,
1: don't, I mean
0: it's it's
1: platform needs to be like an acronym for something. <laughs> it needs to stand for P is for patience and then you just go down the list. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't I can't stand books that are like real. We're gonna tell you all the ways to not structure yourself into this. Little box, and here's how we're gonna do it. Part one, part P. You know, it's like they give you the box, and yeah. you're like, man, you know,
1: give me my a- box is 1999. Yeah, they give you their their specially priced box to yeah. put your non-box knife into. I, my favorite ones are the ones that write from the anterior view in an ironic way. They're like ten ways to destroy your marriage or whatever. Just you know, you've seen you've seen yeah. those, right? How to de- how to become prideful and destroy your ministry. You're like, yeah. this seems like okay. I like that though. Yeah, it's really.
0: Yeah. It's really, you know, catchy because, you know, that obviously the idea right yeah. you're going to and the, the, the sad part is if you read it and you're already doing all those things, that's that's what their point is, Johnny. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember there was a CD that came out of the 90s and it was just called it was like a compilation of like alternative bands and it was called Steal This CD. <laughs> and I just wondered, like, do people really steal it? Like, our people are people going, look, it's that on the cover.
0: did they mean take it from the store or, like, I, take it and burn it? I, I don't know. I think these... back then, you know, we were burning CDs left and right.
1: Yeah. I remember my mom, when she heard that, too. She was like, I go, yeah, Mom, I we didn't, we're didn't. not selling a lot of units, but, you know, P- Christian kids, they burn CDs. They're burning your CD? <laughs> no, on the computer, Mom. They're gonna... <laughs> They're burning their
0: computers?
1: She was just going back to, like, oh. Nazi Germany. They're burning books and... Oh, my goodness. Or the whatever, the fire of... the the fire at your camp where you throw in all your secular music
0: oh yeah i talked about that sunday
1: uh, How that (laughs) that, that made us right you sneak back to the store six months later and be like i really missed that rem record oh my goodness
0: it's so funny yeah so i
1: so i heard a song last night on the way home all right and uh it's so great and i wanted to play it for you and get your reaction like in real time but i will say i don't own the rights to this song. I just want to promote this guy because it's so funny. And I know that he, I don't know what his following is, but I don't think it's gigantic because I've never heard it before. But maybe some of y'all have. It's a guy named Dean Summerwind. Okay. I'm assuming it's a stage name. Summerwind is great. And this is a song called Parked Out by the Lake. So I just want you to hear it. I want to get your reaction in uh, real time here. Hang on. I'm getting a call. Okay.
0: 80 miles from Santa Fe, and I'm sitting here just parked out by the lake. If you're wondering where I parked, I'm
1: out parked by the lake. It's the lake that's 80
0: miles from Santa Fe.
1: Anyway, it goes on like that for a while. It's really is The bridge great. the same thing. Oh yeah, it's it's so good. He just keeps saying it different ways. It's so <laughs> this, funny. This is the like, um... And it's such a great sounding song. It sounds oh, like new country.
0: Great chord oh. progression, Great. Yeah. Oh, oh my
1: that's God. so If you're good. wondering where I'm parked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so great. One it's got that again, putting a city's name in is like mm-hmm. a real, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh I don't so, like yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that's one of those I wish I'd thought of kind of this ideas.
0: Whole is he... That, I, don't know his, I don't know the
1: rest of his catalogs. I don't know if he does only funny songs, but...
0: Wow, that's funny.
1: It's brilliant, yeah.
0: It's
1: really good. Yeah. Uh, Tim Hawkins and I had this idea to do a country duo, and so I sent it to Tim this morning. I was like, you got to hear this, because the idea that I had was that we would be a country duo like Brooks and Dunn, but we were called Braxton Hicks. And uh, so I've had the idea for like two years, and uh, it all, we always get so tickled thinking about it, but we got to get the songs turned out, so... Oh, and I, when I heard that today, I was like, oh, this is like, this is the Braxton Hicks. This is exactly oh, the kind of vibe gosh. that I want, you know. It's
0: so funny. That's hilarious. Braxton Hicks. Yeah.
1: I think I'd be like, you know, Bob Braxton, and he's like Tom Hicks or whatever. That's our.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he needs a better name than Tom.
1: Yeah. He needs like a.
0: Jedediah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very funny. Very yeah. funny, uh, man. I tell you, we haven't written funny song together. I know it's been a while. I was Long thinking
1: about time. that today. Yeah, uh, I actually in my memories, my Indiegogo video came up from when I was trying to raise support for the DVD project, uh-huh. and I remember watching it, thinking like, "Oh, some of these gags are really funny." Like, uh, just like the way I constructed the video, I was like, "I need to do more videos." I just got away from doing them, and I post a lot of like memes and tweets and things, but I need to get back into doing like video stuff build your you know. platform i need to build my platform I'm on the shaking sands of this world john <laughs> and just hope against hope that people still like me
0: you know the thing is i, I understand that building a platform is a real part of most people's lives who who do like i want to do it yeah i just don't
1: it's just weird when like a soccer mom thinks she has a brand because we've trained ourselves to believe in that yeah we've been suckered into this thing of like well you got to keep up the you're going know, to lose followers. You're like, you're just a... Right. Like, why would you feel imprisoned by that? But yeah, yeah but I really am. Like, I, I don't know how to promote a comedy show without Facebook now. Yeah. I don't know how you would get people to leave their homes and come find you. I don't know how they did it before. When I think about people who had a comedy career and they have like an 800 number and this whatever the comedy club down the street from you would put you on the poster and people would walk by and somehow 300 people would find you. Like, how did they do it? And they're on the, I think of being on the side of the road, like folding out a map, yeah. just like trying to find a pay phone to call the club and say you're going to be late. Like, what a weird time. We're, we're beyond lucky, but it's also a different kind of intensity and it's got its own hangups.
0: Yeah. I remember in our married life. So this is within the last 20 years, which by the way, this, uh, next week is my 20th anniversary. Oh, so very nice. Yeah. And I remember Laura and I driving to the beach and there was like a de- like a major construction detour. Yeah. Taking a map. Right. we literally crisscrossed Alabama and Florida until we made it, you know, down. And um, that's, yeah, that's such a foreign a foreign concept now. No, I, I think it's a, to your point earlier about, I, I will say not having a lot of importance in anybody's eyes but Jesus, <laughs> which is not a bad place to be, you know, yeah. if that's what matters the most. Not having that... The stuff I'm having to write right now, I don't know, I'm teasing it quite a bit, but you even said at lunch, you're like, oh my gosh, you're going to get the crap kicked out of you, you know, because like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying... And I'm so here for it. I'm saying... Because, no. <laughs> You were just talking about what you were going to do. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's high time someone took you down a peg.
0: <laughs> but I feel you know, losing some of that need for... Uh, you know public approval i think yeah you know like if you if you feel that way or community feels that way or my wife feels that way i mean there's that's different you know but i can identify who those people are a little mm-hmm. more but like yeah i mean i'm not i don't have to have that from everybody in the same way and there's a little bit of a maybe i'm going to actually say something needs to be said. Yeah, this
1: idea that everybody has to like you is kind of a fantasy anyway that needs to be shut down. Yeah, It's better to grow up and be like, hey, everybody's not going to agree, everybody's not going to like it. Am I right, though? Am I on the right
0: side of this? Yeah, and again, we're going from a gospel perspective, and I've even come that way. I I preached on Amos, you know, justice and righteousness is the topic of the book, basically, and because God was disappointed with the way they treated the poor and the marginalized. You know, that's what the Bible said that day. You yeah. know, it's like we were back under the tent and excited, and I think we had a good time. But it was a, you know, hey, this is what this is about, and these are the definitions of these things scripturally. I mean, getting to the point where, yes, I would love for you to enjoy this, but I would love for you to enjoy more the idea that we're all open to constantly growing in our faith. It doesn't mean I have to be heavy about it or fire and brimstone or condemning about it. But it, but I, I think being challenged is supposed to be a part you know of that, and there's that balance there. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, but I don't know. You, you look at the prophets; they usually weren't popular guys. No, you know, I mean, like they they did not always. It wasn't like you know they did not get into that for that reason. Um, So, and I'm not trying to be unpopular for that. You can also I, there's some guys who just want to scream at their people, right? You know, and then oh, yeah, I wish should call,
1: them, call themselves a prophet,
0: right? Like,
1: I must be saying something right. Everybody hates me. It's like, well, yeah, maybe you're just a, like a lot of people yeah. who are just hateful and a lot of people <laughs> don't like. Them.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the real gospel super attractive. I think it's, it's super attractive to the, to the life that we all would want to live, all people, because it, it brings meaning and purpose and grace. It brings, you know, that you are loved, even though you're fully known and all those things. So but it, it does call you also to die to a lot of things in your life so that you can live to the right things. And um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's one of those, like, it's, it's, I'm not there. I don't think I'll ever be there, but I do have more specific ways to now go, oh, okay, I feel that thing inside of me that wants, that wants that accolade. Yesterday, yes, I'm disappointed that that publisher said, we love this book. John's platform is probably not ready for, you know, it's a risk for us. And I'm going, okay, I get it. It is. That, to me, and, and yes, maybe I need to, and I'm going to keep seeking those things, but. Um, as I need to, but that just means that's not what God wants for me right now. Yeah. You know, like I'm at peace. My buddy, John Elmore, same way he, you know, was an alcoholic for years and runs this, you know, he, he helped leads, helps to lead a recovery ministry in Dallas, you know, and he talks about, it. I've been on calls with him cause he has a book coming out and he was just like kind of at peace. Like guys, I know what social media does to me mm-hmm. and I know with my what I have struggled with, what I struggle with in addictive personality type things. I know where this leads me. And so, you know, but in the end, he got the book, you know, like it, it was God's timing. And then I also saw, by the way, he got it on Instagram the other day. So he's finding his way into it, I think, in a healthy way. Um, yeah, think, but
1: knowing your limitations yeah. and knowing like what your buttons yeah. are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, my, my last question to you would be like, is it possible anymore in the modern age? I think about this a lot. This is why I do a podcast. This is why I'm a, a speaker and a writer, because I, I'm i not sure the possibility, like anyone who wants to say something worthwhile on Twitter right now has to say, all right, this is part one of 27. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not made for that.
1: Right. So, it's not made for nuance. It's made for like declarative, yep. open, not even open-ended, just like open and shut statements. Yep it's made a very black and white world. And uh, that's said with its own level of nuance, understanding that we're in a very like interesting time racially in our country. But I'm saying like this idea that there's no gray in Twitter, especially Facebook, even some, because you can have the comments, whatever, but it's like with Twitter, it's like, yeah, man, it's a, it's a us versus them. We talked about that last week. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of evolved that mindset more.
0: Can, can a person make, and I guess that's the experiment I'm, I'm leaning into, like I, I just don't. It's not that I just don't have the stomach, but
1: I can know, could I, you unplug without it? kiboshing your career? No, no, you're no, no. Professional advice. I'm not asking to
0: unplug. I'm saying, look, my thousands. This is followers, our last
1: podcast, you guys. My thousand
0: followers would be devastated. I Wait, I think I, is it thousand? I don't know, Johnny. Who knows how many thousands? <laughs> but <laughs> untold. Seriously, I haven't gone and looked. But uh, no, I'm saying, can can a person take an important topic or message into the modern world without doing that yeah like not that you have to disengage from it you can use it some but i want i only use that to point to other things usually like hey come listen to me and johnny talk for an hour about this instead of me trying to write the perfect statement that's going to blow it up yeah which does get you a lot more heat you know in follow followership and all those things but like to what end? I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be that. I, I don't want to be a shock and awe. Yeah, it's
1: like we're cre- we're just creating somebody to get you a little like nugget. Like it's a little like rat in a maze. Like you're getting a little nugget of whatever. That's what clickbait is. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
0: I don't know. I just I'm, I'm kind of hoping people can do other mediums. Well, podcasts are great,
1: uh, and of course it's a relatively new medium. But yeah, if you're into whatever. Then you can go find a thing that has that and listen to that for an hour, which is like social media and microblogging, which is what it was originally called. Right, was microblogging, meaning you just want these little tiny pieces of ideas, and that's what we gravitated towards because we're so you know, whatever you would call it, ADD. Our our attention spans are li- more limited now, yeah, because of just television programming, media programming over the last few years. It's a thirty second commercial sound bite generation, and so now. We get into micro-blogging, and now there's a, a generation coming up that is fatigued with micro. Yes. We want macro. We want, oh, I want a deep dive in what you just said. And that's where podcasts come in and yep. you know, longer. So, yeah, it suits me more because obviously we can talk about something without having to construct it perfectly. And it feeds that side of me that wants to expound on something because everything else I do is a very about economy of words. Like mm-hmm. When I'm on stage, you couldn't just, well, I'm going to just go up here and see what happens. Right. Whereas when we roll tape, we always do. We just say, like, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Just hit play. We just talk naturally, whatever. we That wouldn't really work. I would have a bunch of a comedy career if I was just like, let's just. Now, there are comics who do that. Yeah. <laughs> and some people are really good at it. A creatures
0: preachers do that, too.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> some yeah. people are really good at it, but I just, I'm very, like, I think this feeds both sides of my personality. You know, doing the podcast and doing my stand-up act, yeah. it feeds both sides. So you're saying I need another side. Yeah. Uh, what about woodworking? Yeah, oh, that'd be nice. Like making little birdhouses.
0: You know, I've installed a car stereo recently. Yeah, told you about that. That's the next step. A lot of ceiling fans I installed. What about a birdhouse with a stereo? Wow yes you well, think and i do ikea furniture really well too so yeah tiny but that's just But those, what do you,
1: mean you do it well it's an in, it's kind of there's no thing. words
0: johnny <laughs> like not just i have no words they don't put words well they in are but the it's just like
1: take the glifliflachlorgen <laughs> attach it to the schlicken no it's a, it's a
0: drawing have you never put together an ikea furniture i think i have it's but, all drawing
1: yeah yeah ikea's a little uptown for me i get the walmart
0: Ikea's I got the super, Walmart end table. Ikea is super cheap. And the reason is... is
1: There's a lot of dowels and enclosed Elmer's glue, correct? No glue. No glue? No. It's all cams and locking... Yeah,
0: little locking things and dowels. Are there the those. tiny little nails
1: <clears throat> that you got to nail the back on of stuff? Yes. Or the hundred nails to it, hold it all I together? Had, put together... otherwise it'll go... Fur, 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 it wobbles side I, to side. Uh, yeah,
0: I put together an armoire and there was a lot of those.
1: That's so. when you know you got a quality piece of furniture and you're like, now that you've put all the wood stuff together, take this cardboard... And with nails.
0: <laughs> well, it's just a hundred nails,
1: that's what's really holding it together, it's though, because it's holding back. the integrity of no, the left to right. No,
0: it's not. All it's made is to show you a back that is, is, it's false. It's not been, meant to hold anything. Uh, yeah, it's so that when you open it up and the clothes are hanging there, you're not looking straight through at the wall. I'm
1: telling you, but if you ever look at the piece of furniture and you try to waggle it side to side without that back on there, it has give to it.
0: Well, you're you're supposed I, Like to... a
1: bookshelf? Like if you had a bookshelf... And you don't put the shelves in and you just have that, that whatever, that frame. Well, it's not... just a picture frame. If you don't put that back on there with those hundred nails, no, that Johnny. thing's going to fall over like a you're domino. You're supposed to
0: anchor it all to the wall so the, the little nails don't matter. Mm. Mm, isn't that The nice? anchor holds. Come on, man. Y'all been building your platform on the sand. And and you've been not...
1: anchoring your bookshelf to a non-stud surface.
0: Oh, my goodness. You've been using a thousand little nails of your own trying to hold yourself together. And
1: all you needed was one anchor into the stud of, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to call Jesus a stud I was <laughs> I, I guess he was, but yeah. come on yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, we are, appreciate you hanging out for our biblical insight yeah. In addition to many other things today And uh, make sure you go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com Or you can find ways to support us on Patreon You can uh, find all the platforms by which you can share Or have your friends who have a different kind of phone than you go and listen to it leave us comments leave us reviews those are very very helpful and uh, tell somebody if you like it like we appreciate you telling us but tell others as well we always tell you that things are going well but the truth is we think it's t- it, we'd love to see it go better we need your help so jump in and Help us spread the word about talk about that uh, to your friends and family and coworkers and people around. Maybe somebody you want to introduce to some uh, deeper topics or some lighter topics because we do both of those here, Johnny. We do both, you know. So yes. you can you can pass it over to them. Uh, be sure to follow Johnny as well on all of his all, all his socials. Yes, I need to build mine as some well. Some new tour dates. Uh, oh, yeah, popping join up out, so they're starting to maybe
1: trickle back in come on if that makes you think that I'm out there being irresponsible and possibly killing your grandmother don't look at the tour dates don't look at the but tour dates but if it's dates. something you might want to come to yeah. I've got a show coming up October 3rd uh, near Nashville Lebanon, Tennessee my home where I live now Yep. Capitol Theater Yep. there's only a few seats left but it's going to be a great show me, Brian Bates Ed Wiley
0: mm.
1: it's going to be a great show you can get tickets to that at my website johnnyw.com Johnny w. Com.
0: yep Johnny J O N N I E W dot com, right? And I'm Johnny D. I'm on the backup, (laughs) drug free. so put the crack up. Um, That's an old reference. It It is. It's all right. Yeah. So, but hey, thanks for um, always sending us the things that you send us. It means a lot to us. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. On talk about that. at lifeaudio.com.